Hello, and welcome to the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Each podcast is themed, and I interview and ask questions of a number of subject matter experts who are also owners of small businesses. And I ask about their specialisms, simply to answer questions that are often in our heads, but we never actually ask or get the answer. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you for joining me. And what's the podcast about this week? Well, first of all, we are broadcasting from our sofa, which is a little unusual. Normally, I'm in a cafe or a restaurant and you can hear um, people moving around. But today I'm going to be talking to, um, I will say an expert, because he has won millions of pounds worth of business for his clients. And so I thought it would be useful for for us to do a podcast looking at or asking about tender writing and um, working in the public sector. Quite often business owners say to me that, you know, they're writing a proposal or there's a, a tender come up with the local authority and they're, they're busy working on that and they may not be very sure about how to go about it. So for those people who don't know my other half, Roy Casey, then he is a, a bit of an expert at writing tenders uh, for uh, companies. So welcome, Roy, to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I think this is your first podcast with me. Yes. <laughs> I know that a lot of business owners will write proposals, generally quotations, that kind of thing for when they might be working in the private sector. But for many companies, they have something that a local authority might need and they might be able to provide. So why why would you work with a local authority? Why would you go into the public sector? I think there's a few benefits for it. First of all, despite all we hear about cuts in public sector spending, they are still spending billions annually. It's an enormous market and one that um, can be very good, lucrative to be in. I think the other thing is, uh, and I know that you plug networking as a, as a very important part of business development, but you don't need a relationship with the public sector if you're just responding to a publicly advertised um, tender opportunity. So you can do that without spending any time building a relationship with the potential customer. Ooh, that, that does jar with me somewhat. <laughs> no relationship? How does that work? <laughs> well, they will just publish um, in, on various uh, portals the fact that they need something done and that they are requesting companies to submit a tender for that work. Right. And once they've issued the tender, they are not allowed to have any conversation or contact uh, with awesome. those bidders up until the point that those tenders have been submitted. Right. Right. Okay. So, so that that's a different approach, isn't it? Really, to you know your normal writing a quote or something like that. So, so what's involved in a tender? So. Thinking about the public sector, uh, which is fairly different to, to private sector stuff, it's regulated for a start. There is a piece, of, well, there are several laws, but one probably covering most people that will be listening to this, um, which is the Public Contracts Regulations 2016. And 
the whole way in which the tender is structured, uh, published, evaluated and awarded is completely regulated uh, by, by the law. Right. And so for me, that means everybody's got an equal chance. Um, okay. it, it is a level playing field. I think a lot of SMEs believe that's not the case, but that is probably more to do with the fact they're not sure how to prepare the tender for the public sector rather than it's loaded against them, which is what I hear so often. Right. So is it, is it very different then to writing a you know, quote or doing a... Yes. Okay. Yeah, very much so. So assuming that the public sector buyer has, has chosen one of the two normal routes, and there are seven, but assume they've, they've taken the two normal ones, you might have either an open tender or a uh, restricted tender. And in both instances, there are three documents at least that need to be submitted. So there's a supplier selection questionnaire, which is a pre-qualification document. There's the price, and then there's the quality submission, um, which effectively is writing method statements or proposals as to how you're going to undertake the piece of work that you're bidding for. And that will normally be responding to questions that the public sector have issued rather than you writing a proposal as to how you see the thing being sold to the customer. Right. They're buying rather than you're selling. Okay, right. So it, you talk about it being very regulated and it sounds like there are different different parts of it, the quality and specifications and that kind of thing. So is that very different if than if you were writing a proposal for, say, a, a very large business? You know, I'm thinking of like, I suppose, because of our experience, maybe a, a huge construction company. Yes. So the public sector buys three things. Mm -hmm. it, and it's classified into these things. So it either buys products, so things that are made and they need, so mm -hmm. tea bags, paper clips, pencils. It buys services, so consultancy, insurance, legal services, those types of things, where you're not actually making something, you're basically selling intellect. And it buys works, and works are something that you, you construct and then have to make work. So a building, a road, you know, something that, that actually is physical, it, it involves mm. labour. Yeah. And those, those three things dictate the approach that's going to be taken normally. And I'm assuming that people who listen to this will be trying to sell services, possibly works. The, the product part of it is pretty much a, a very competitive Dutch orchard area where, to be honest, you'd be better off finding the public sector and sell it, I would suggest. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So you would write the tender very differently then to how you might write a, a proposal, for yeah, instance. The, the first thing you've got to do is get through that pre-qualification document, the supplier selection questionnaire, as, it, as it's known. And that is the first thing that tends to put people off of trying to sell to the public sector because that is all about the way you run your business and how much risk or not you pose to the public sector buyer. And the one thing it probably will not do is ask you what you do or how you're going to do it. 
It's all about the way you run your business. Are you completely legal? Do you have systems in place to reduce risk, etc.? And so that's pretty daunting for a lot of people and they just don't understand why they're being asked that. So if you want to get prepared for that, if you go on to the internet and search for a document PPN08-16, that's a public procurement note. There are many of those, but this one in particular contains the current recommended standard supplier selection questionnaire that the public sector buyer should be using. And so, so if you go to that document, you'll be able to see what the questions you're going to be asked in a, um, in a pre-qualification document are. You'll be able to pre-prepare your answers and get yourself fit to be able to tender for that work. Um, there may be some things in there that are completely alien to you, and that's because parts of it refer back to that public contracts regulations 2016 that I referred to, and it would also be sensible to download that. That's free on the internet as well, so that you can cross-check the supplier selection questionnaire with what the questions are about. Right. So does it matter what size of business you are? Can you be a small one-man band, so to speak? The public sector is, I'll say allegedly, committed to buying more from SMEs. And there are sectors in which I think that is particularly the case. Uh, construction and IT as two examples. So I don't think it matters in terms of are they going to look down at you for being an SME, but there are parts of that regulations that again prescribe what size of SME you've got to be. So you are not allowed to tender for work which has a contract value of more than two times your previous year's sales turnover. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if the contract is worth £20,000 over its term, mm -hmm. then you must have had a sales turnover of at least £10,000 in the preceding full financial year. I see. They sometimes average that, and if they average it, it makes it a little more difficult because mm. it goes into one or two years prior to that. And the reason for that is they're looking for companies that they are confident pose less risk because they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. They're yeah. not going to overstretch your finances because of the size of mm. their contract. Yeah. It sounds a bit like that, that if you... If you're considering working in the public sector, that there might be, if you're particularly if you're a small business and and don't have complex processes and procedures in place, that there are things that you might need to put in place. So, if you go to that supplier selection questionnaire, it will cover all of the aspects that you're likely to need. Now, it's about risk. It's about legality. So. You will have to have done all the things that the Companies Act requires you to do as a business, um, that the Health and Safety at Work Act require you to do as a business. But you can go beyond that, and of course they love an ISO. They like 9001 for quality assurance or 14001 for environmental management. But most often they're not going to ask or demand that you've got it. They'll ask, have you got it? And if not, what are you doing about it? The Standard supplier selection questionnaire does not mandate that you've got to have these things. 
It's just if you think of a continuum of your business between starting up and being legal and becoming an exemplary business, and in the middle of that being something that meets industry expectation, you can progress across those different things. Mm. An example, you are legally required to have a competent health and safety advisor. So you can do that by having somebody in-house who's qualified and considered competent. You can also outsource that and use a subcontractor or subconsultant to provide that information to you. There are different ways of satisfying the legal needs, but if you have no health and safety competent advice from any party, you'll probably fall over on that question as an example. Right. So again, that's why I say go back to the supplier selection question here. Go through it, understand what it's asking and why, mm. and then see how you can satisfy that. Don't forget, every business that does work with a public sector started small and had to break the barrier of getting in there to start with. Mm. So it's not prohibitive. It can be a little difficult to climb the barriers at times. Right. Okay. Yeah. So how, how long do you think it takes to write a tender? Or does that vary depending on the amount of so value gonna, of it, so to speak? It's going to uh, vary according to the quantity of work that's involved. So if you can imagine tendering for a £10 million construction job, it's probably going to take you a bit longer than tendering for £20,000 worth of legal support work, for instance. Hmm. Um, it's down to what the public sector buyer is interested in, where he perceives risks to be, and what he wants to know about the work, that, the, the service that you're offering. So um, they will give you, uh, once you've got past the supplier selection questionnaire, They'll give you a set of questions to answer, which are known as the quality submission or the method statements. And they should be tailored to what concerns them alongside the price that you submit. Now, there's a very good clue in the tender documents because they have to tell you what the scoring system is, the evaluation system. And that will tell you where they rate the price against the quality submission. So you might get one that's 50-50. And if it says they're going to score 50% of the evaluation on price and 50% on quality, that tells me immediately they're as interested or concerned about how you're going to do something for them as they are what they're, about what they're going to pay for it. So you're more likely to get that with services. 70-30 is quite normal. 70% is based on the price, 30% on the, on the quality element of it. That tells me that if you can differentiate yourself from your competitors, that you get that extra opportunity mm. to add to your price on the 30%. You might get one that's 100% price and 0% quality, in which case you wouldn't need a tender rider like myself because it's all about how competitive your price is going to be. Yeah. They're not interested in how you're going to do it. They're only interested in what it's going to cost them. So that's, you know, that's a product, that's that's tea bags and pencils, or that's something quite routine that they want to buy as, as cheap as possible. I see, yeah. So insurance. Mm -hmm. they, they may just want a brokerage that's going to provide them with insurance cover for the council at the best possible price, and so they're not too worried about how you're going to go and source that and, and provide it to them because mm. it's a, an almost one-off transaction. Okay, yeah. So you talked about uh, differentiating yourself. So 
is that like selling yourself in the you know in what you're writing uh, it's a bit of selling yourself but it's also a bit of trying to tune into what the customer wants and why they want it so if you can imagine a five-year facilities management contract where you're working for a council or a housing association and you're dealing with their residents, their customers on a daily basis, the end user of what you do. Um, maybe you're fitting kitchens into housing association buildings or looking after the lifts in a, in a block of flats. You're going to interface with those customers of your customer. And so your public sector customer is quite worried that you're going to end up causing no end of complaints. And that's where you're likely to get a more balanced price quality score because how you're going to behave and what you're going to do is, is really important to them. And differentiating yourself is understanding why they, they hold that concern mm. and the types of behaviours and delivery that they hope for and expect to get from you. So there's an element of tuning yourself into it as well. Now, I wouldn't recommend any small business tries to aim for the big thing at the top straight away i think you need to take small steps not baby steps but small steps to find a smaller contract get to work with the public sector and engage with them in a way that teaches you something as well as satisfying their needs and gets you a reference so most of those supplier selection questionnaires are going to ask you for three previous references of a relevant relevant piece of work mm. that's yeah. difficult if you're starting out for the first time with the public sector yeah but it's not prohibitive because there will be another part, a question below that that says, but if you can't give us those three references, explain why and tell us why what you do is relevant to us. Okay. Right. Okay. So if, you, if you're a really small business, just started up then, it's going to be a bit difficult for, you know, having all these things in place. So is, is there a way around it? Yes, there is. So all public sector buyers or, or organisations should publish their procurement policy on their website. Mm. And in there, it will probably tell you what they do below certain threshold value thresholds. So a little bit more difficult to find that for the National Health Service, perhaps, or for the Ministry of Defence. But certainly councils, if you go on the, onto their website and search for procurement policy, most of them will have it there. And the, the public contract regulations set threshold values below and above which certain things have to happen. It's based on the EU, which we're no longer part of, but we still have that procurement regime in place. So if the price of the work is below the threshold that says it's got to be published publicly then different things might happen so to give you an example of a, a council close to us in the west midlands i know that up to ten thousand pounds of value they don't have to put it out to full public tender or use that supplier selection questionnaire they can go and get two quotations mm. in writing mm and make a decision just based on those two quotations without going through the full tender process. So that's back to writing a quotation or a proposal effectively. And then I think the next step in there is, is that up from 10 to 
£25,000, they have to get three written proposals, which are based on some questions they will ask. But again, we're not back to that complete tender process, completely regulated by the public contracts regulations. And so you can get your public sector references, get to work with them and get your feet under the table, for want of a better expression, without going through this full tender process. You just need to know where to look. Right. Now, this brings in something that I've already said you don't need to do with the public sector. Unless you know the people that are buying, you won't be the company they ask to provide those quotations or proposals. So you do have to build some network and relationship to do that. Oh, I see. Yeah. Because unless you've got an organ a, a organisation like the Black Country or Birmingham where they have their Find It Insights yes. or Solihull or CSW Jets, which is Coventry and Warwickshire, unless they've got a site where they're going to publicise these pieces of work, even though they don't have to legally, it's going to be more difficult to find that work. So. Certainly in the West Midlands, we are blessed with uh, councils who will publicise these small value pieces of work as well. But that's not going to be the case nationally, I would suggest. Right. So what do you think can differentiate you from competitors then when you are doing a, a tender? Okay. So if you think about my, my previous comment on the continuum, the legal industry expectation exemplary, if you look at a number of your competitors and understand what they've got and where they've positioned themselves, well, I've done this for a, for a customer in the past. I, I went through 30 or 40 competitor websites just to see what certifications, memberships, policies, etc., insurance values mm. they had on published on their websites. And that gave us a good idea of being able to check where that company was and their profile for bidding against their competitors. And mm -hmm. that's how you start to work out what differentiates you or makes you at least equally good as your competitors. And if you think about, if you go back to that SSQ, that supplier selection questionnaire, and you go through the questions, you'll see the areas they're concerned about. That's your opportunity to go look and see what other people have got and what you can do to either be as good or in front of them that's where you move to the exemplar element of it so there's no burning commercial need for you to have a quality assurance system but if you've got it and you've got an iso 9001 certification look around you do your peers and competitors have that what i normally hear from companies is i don't need that but that's the very reason you should have it the fact you don't need it but you've got it differentiates you from all those around you who also think they don't need it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's really interesting. Thank you for that. So if anybody has any questions, Roy, or whether, you know, they want to get in touch with you about tenders and things, how do they do that? Okay. Well, I'm always pleased to help and give a lot of advice to people. So my telephone number mm -hmm. is 07 Mm -hmm. 487 592 697. Right. My email address is roy at successtrain.co.uk. 
And as you know, I have no website because I don't do lots of networking because <laughs> my customers keep coming back to me when I'm in millions of pounds of work for them. <laughs> so I'm afraid there's no website to find me at, but you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> and that's something else that we'll have to talk about. <laughs> So thanks very much for that, Roy. I think that's going to be really interesting for people who are considering, you know, tendering or working with the public sector. And um, I hope listeners got a, a lot from that. So thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and look forward to seeing you soon. I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Do subscribe for more podcasts and it would be lovely if you shared it on your favourite podcast platform. If you have any questions or you would like to talk any more on the topic, then do connect with me on LinkedIn or email me on jax, that's J-A-X, at jackiecasey.consulting. And thanks for listening.